Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. This is your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it once again with another new episode. So we have thus far journeyed through quite a few Old Testament books uh, and just one New Testament, uh, that is the book of Revelation, if we include that kind of in this landscape of what we've done. Um, it's been... A long journey to work through that book, but we, you know, made it through verse by verse, and then we transitioned into a new series, and so now we are uh, focusing solely on, you know, books of the Bible that just aren't often talked about or preached about from the pulpit, and we've covered Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, some we went uh, overline of the Proverbs and Psalms, and we're going to look at some of the minor prophets, and we are... Uh, chipping away to kind of go through this uh, kind of essentially a survey, if you would, of uh, characters and, and stories from the Old Testament and New Testament that we don't often hear about. And so this week we are going to focus on Jonah, a minor prophet in the Old Testament. And uh, if you recall, uh, Anthony and I had a question um, a ways back on our show, and it was, uh, you know, much centered around, you know, is Jonah a book that would be considered to, uh, that would be considered biblical? Like, can we use it as historical? Can we use it as something that's, or is it just an allegory? Is it a story that's told? And so we unpacked that concept on that episode on a matter of truth. So I encourage you to go listen to that as we, you know, worked through it uh, together and, you know, as it allowed us to really um, fully understand, you know, the book and, and some of the nuances and parallels between Jonah and the words that Jesus says and uh, other aspects in the New Testament. So we are going to uh, do what we've done in the past we are going to look at the introduction today, and I, you know, there's four chapters to this book. They're not very long, so depending on time, we might actually get through chapter one today, 
And we could probably do two, three together, and then four in a wrap-up type uh, show. So we'll be doing essentially three episodes on uh, this topic. Uh, I, I don't think it takes five episodes, you know, one for each chapter and one for the introduction. It's pretty exhausting. <clears throat> and it it's, again, it's not a long book. And, and that's what we'll find with a lot of these minor prophets is they're short books. They're a couple chapters long. And it, it won't take us very long to just work through the material. And so that's what we are, uh, that's what we're going to focus on, you know, with this little segment here. And we're going to just kind of hammer through the information. We're going to look at the text and we'll see where our time leaves us. So being at uh, Friday episode, we have some house cleaning uh, items to take care of. Uh, First and foremost is we are, um, you know, knee deep in our uh, Lutheran confessional series. And and more than like, more or less, we're, we're probably waist deep at this point. We continue to produce content. In fact, I'm doing two episodes a week now on that, uh, just so I can build up a, a, a bit of a bank of episodes. Because once uh, I, I get finished with the Book of Concord, which uh, as I record today, I should probably get two more episodes in, then we will t- transition to a series on the sacraments and we will hammer through. Uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper, and I've got five episodes already recorded on the baptism aspect. Um, I have not mapped out the Lord's Supper yet, so I don't know if it's going to take me three episodes or five. Um, I, you know, I, I hope I can make ten episodes out of this little segment. It would be really neat. Uh, that would give me ten weeks of a kind of a break, so I can only focus on one episode a week. Uh, but you know, I, I've really I kind of bit off a lot with doing these three episodes because I'll do the Friday episode that I'm recording now. I'll do my Tuesday episode on the Lutheran uh, confessional series, and then I'm jumping ahead to a series on the sacraments. So I'm, I'm you know, they're being early released to my patrons, which is a big reason why I'm telling you this ahead of time because you can actually still join us on Patreon and for as little a dollar a month or 10 bucks for a whole year and you'll get access to all of those you'll get firsthand access to these episodes and they uh, release generally a week or more in advance today's Monday this is going to be Friday's episode for this week so I'm recording it you know four five days in advance uh, Tuesday's episode is also recorded today so you get this a little over a week in advance and the baptism ones I've been working on now five weeks long, so they will have, uh, you know, we'll, they'll have those in their hands for a considerable amount of time before they get released to the public. And with that, I also do bonus episodes for patrons. The, we're doing a series on Hosea, and as I have time, I actively record episodes working through the doctrine there. And we do Bible studies. We're working through the Book of Romans, and that's a video Bible study. So you can join us on Zoom and catch up on that. And if you want to watch the previous ones, we've done the book of Mark. We did a little bit of Jose in in a video session, and then we have done a a short Christmas series, and then we're working on Romans right now. So we've done those uh, as video discussion or video studies, and those are all available on Patreon as well. So again, dollar a month gets you full access to everything. I don't, I, I have tiers set up, but they're really, you know, they're, they're just there. 
they don't do anything cut because they pour everything into the $1 a month tier. And so if you want to give more, you're more than welcome to, and it'd be, it would be a, a tremendous blessing, but you, you're not obligated to give more. And as we move on in time, more perks will uh, be made available to the patrons. So like I said, dollar a month, get you full access to everything, early access to the shows and behind the scenes, uh, workings of undying light and chat, uh, groups and the discord server all that jazz uh there are some stuff we are working on from an undying light ministries perspective uh we're still a number of years out on it but it's in the workings i'm not going to say much um only a couple of close people to me know but there's some interesting things brewing and i hope that we can uh see it through to fruition so as the last probably i don't know Four or five weeks have gone. I have seemed to have this ridiculous head cold. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not sick now, which is a blessing. But I still have some nasal congestion. And, like, I still have a lot of phlegm. And, and I have a lot of just, like, uh, you know, just kind of a groggy feeling. And so, you know, I, I apologize if you hear me kind of, you know, clear my throat a little more often again on this episode. Uh, the other thing I want to advise you to is this awesome promo that Logos is doing through April. So you can use logos.com forward slash undying light and you can get up to 20% off packages for Logos Bible software. Phenomenal software. It's what I'm using on the screen today. I've got Jonah opened up in my ESV and then I've got my study Bibles open and my notes on the screen. I'm ready to go for the show and Logos makes that all possible. The beauty of it is that I can also take it in the palm of my hand and carry it around with me wherever I go. And I have quick access to all of my books, my library, all of my content without having to wait or go to Google and sift through articles. So that's what we've got. Uh, like I said, we're, we're working through uh, the content in this least of these series. And I've been uh, rather enjoying it because it gives me a different insight into some of the books of the Bible that, you know, I might just read in a glance and, you know, like, uh, really was fascinating to read through Esther and, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of Esther, when I had Chris, uh, from Ezra reads the law, join me to read the scripture on that. Uh, that's another open invitation to my patrons that they can, uh, lend their voices and read some passages for me. So in upcoming books, I will have a, a few uh, guest speakers, reading for me. So pretty excited about that. Uh, can't wait to see how this series continues to unpack. Uh, eventually we'll probably work ourselves through the entire Bible verse by verse. Uh, once I think we get done with the series and we'll really expound it, um, while doing this, we'll work on a Tuesday doctrinal, uh, show, or we'll use it to cover like, you know, pressing issues and things like that. I don't know yet. So, as my banter reaches the 10-minute mark, uh, I'm going to shift gears and we're going to get into the book of Jonah. And um, we're going to unpack this minor prophet and, uh, and I will save you all from me babbling on. So we have Jonah. Uh, this is a book that takes a place about 800 years before Christ. So they have it stamped around 790 BC. So anywhere between 790 and 800 years before the life of Christ. So uh, that will add some validity to uh, what Jesus says later as we will uh, capture that uh, as we move through scripture. But 
it also helps us to see that this was just not merely, um, you know, a book written to fill the storylines. It wasn't a book written to just satisfy the readers. There's historical importance to this book, uh, of which we will see uh, God sending Jonah to the city Nineveh to command their repentance. That's really the whole premise of the story. That God is sending Jonah into a Gentile nation, the Assyrians, and he is saying, demanding repentance or God's wrath will be upon him. So you scratch your head and you think to yourself, well, why would God, who in the Old Testament reveals himself to the Israelite prophets and uh, to the nation of Israel, claims Israel are his people and continuously pours out his love and affection for Israel, why, oh, why is he coming back over and over to these little side stories where we see people outside of the nation of Israel being saved? This isn't the first time in the Old Testament that we see that. In fact, we can probably argue that all the people in the book of Genesis that God came to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, yes, they were the forefathers, but the nation of Israel wasn't established until the Exodus with Moses and Aaron. And again, we can even argue that uh, those that uh, left Egypt with uh, the Israelites weren't all from the nation of Israel. So that begs to the question, essentially, for this book that when we read Jonah, it needs to be read in the light of the uh, the concept that uh, God is actively working to reach the world. God does not wish any to perish, and so he is constantly going out into the world, sending his prophets and his and preachers to pray or to to preach the gospel and to reach the lost. That is essentially the whole storyline of the Bible that God is calling back to him, his people. He is calling back uh, to him and reconciling his people. Now, obviously, we don't have Christ to fall back on as our mediator in the Old Testament, but we see types of Christ and we see the hope of Christ demonstrated. And just as the Old Testament prophets and uh, patriarchs all assert with their you know, salvation, it was done by faith alone. They were saved by their faith that God would be fulfilling his promise to them. And that is how we can say, all the Old Testament prophets and patriarchs and uh, main, you know, the main characters that we read about David and Solomon and those guys, they were saved because they had faith in what God would do. So we have this book taking place about 800 years uh, before the time of Christ. And it's, uh, again, just a little story of uh, a little minor prophet who we don't see pop up in the Old Testament again. We don't have any other stories. And in fact, the conclusion of this story just kind of leaves us with a cliffhanger, just falls off completely. There's no, uh, there's no comforting, uh, ending, if you would, to this story, it just abruptly ends. And, uh, there's some interesting parallels that we can call to this, um, between like the story of Jonah and, uh, some of the parables that Jesus teaches in the gospel of Luke and how the parables just kind of seem to end, and uh, there's a, a unique parallelism to Jonah as well. So we've got our main characters. Jonah's the uh, 
the main focus, the people of Nineveh, the king of Nineveh, um, the ship that he is going to try and escape on, and the ship's captain. Uh, those are the people um, that uh, are going to show up in this story. And as always, when we discuss uh, these types of books, there's always a purpose, right? And the purpose is to describe God's mercy towards the people of Nineveh and towards all who repent. Again, this is a focus. This whole entire story is essentially a stuffy Jonah, one who's angered at the fact that God is even allowing the Ninevites to come to repentance, to come to acknowledge that Yahweh is the one true God. Jonah's salty about that. He does not like that idea. He thinks that the message of salvation, that God is the one true God, is a message that only should be given to the people of Israel. And this was a pretty common thing for the Pharisees and scribes. Uh, and, you know, we, but interestingly enough, we see that, you know, the prophets kind of venture away from that hardline thinking. So Jonah is kind of unique in this aspect because he's one of the few prophets that, um, you know, is, is, is kind of angered by this. And we see that demonstrated throughout this little story uh, into which uh, we will see how it just ends without any sort of conclusion. But he's obedient to God's command and he does what God commands and he goes to Nineveh eventually uh, after God makes him and uh, and commands for repentance. So we'll read about that. But uh, again, it's not a long book. It's only a couple chapters, four chapters in total, and, and it's not very long. You know, the, the chapters themselves aren't very long. So uh, as long as we can make through the introduction today, we'll probably read a little bit in chapter one. So I want to read a little bit here on what Luther has on Jonah because I think, you know, he's uh, got some profound insights into um, into this book, and, uh, and I hope it will help you maybe see it a little differently. It says, as Dramon indicates, there are some who contend that this prophet was the son of a widow at Zarephath near Sidon who fed Elijah in the famine, as described in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 24, and uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse 26. The reason they give is that Jonah 1.1 1, 1 here calls himself a son of Amittai, that is, a son of the true one, because his mother said to Elijah when he had raised him from the dead, now I know that the word of your mouth is true, First Kings seventeen twenty four. Let anyone believe this who will. I do not believe it. Jonah's father's name is Amittai, and in the Latin, uh, Varex, in the German, I'm not going to even take a swing at that word, uh, he was from Gothhafer, a town near in the land of the tribe of Zebulon. This is Joshua 19, verse 13, for it is written in 2 Kings 14, King Jeroboam restored again the border of Israel from Hamath as far south of the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke to the servant Jonah, the son of uh, the and the prophet of Gethhelfer. So Luther uh, kind of is trying to uh, essentially move away from maybe some of the more popular early church uh, theologians and what their thoughts and who Jonah was. Uh, he tries to argue essentially against that, and he's got all of these lectures on Jonah. In fact, he's got 104 pages uh, 
that are just on Jonah alone. And I and I've said this um, a number of times in my uh, studies and in you know the teachings and that um, Luther is long winded. He is full of a lot of air, uh, and he will constantly expound a verse. Like for instance, like there's a whole paragraph just on uh, verse three. Uh, these few words, but Jonah rose to flee. And we'll, we'll read some of this. I think it's pretty insightful uh, when we get into that. And that might actually help kind of make the series a little longer um, instead of just a couple short episodes. I Like, again, my goal with these are always to expound the scripture and find the nuggets for you and help you to come to understand it better. It doesn't mean that you'll actually uh, exhaust the scripture by reading this show or listening to the show because you definitely won't. It's 30 minutes. Uh, long, you know, give or take. But you, what you, what I encourage you to do is to listen and then go and get a study Bible, get commentaries, and get you know, and, and even pick up sermons that are preached on this because you'll get a whole different perspective. Uh, you know, my sermons are, you know, I, I I read commentaries and I listen to commentaries, but my sermons are not commentary. That's it is taking what is there from the commentaries and molding it into you know, a, a means of law and gospel for my congregation to hear and listen. So that, uh, I always encourage you to, uh, you know, continue picking up books and, uh, digging into the context, um, deeper than just, you know, this show or really any podcast for that matter. And I hope other Christian, uh, scripture expounders who are in the trenches with me would give you the same advice that their show is not exhausting the scripture. Uh, because, you know, even though we might go through verse by verse in a book, uh, we certainly can revisit that book in two or three or five years and and have a different perspective or maybe different insights or maybe we would clarify a point a little bit better. Uh, so there's always that. And that's the beauty of Scripture. It's a well that is never ending. It is always deep and is always full of rich water. So let's look at some challenges for the readers. Um as I mentioned early on in the show, and as Anthony and I had discussed pretty thoroughly on a matter of truth, is is this a book on history or is it a book that's merely a parable? So critical scholars regard the story of Jonah as a fictional lesson, chiefly because of the miraculous provision of the quote-unquote fish by which God rescues Jonah in verse 17 of chapter 1. However, Every other aspect of the story conforms to the historical setting. And then we have Jesus citing the story in Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 through 42. This is what Jesus says. And he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no one will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was in three day was in was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish. So will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh, Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. So we talked a little bit about that when we did uh, the song. Uh, some of the stuff on Solomon, I might have been in Ecclesiastes, um, 
but one of those shows, I think we mentioned that Queen coming to visit him. It might have been Song of Solomon, one of those. But hey, you know what? Go back and listen to all of it. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we see Jesus talking about this, and he doesn't treat it as a parable, right? Uh, because when we have um, Jesus saying, you know, talking about a parable in the you know, New Testament in the gospel accounts, it's, you know, always noted. And then he's told them a parable. Uh, they're always separate teachings from the rest of what Jesus says. And he doesn't treat it as a parable, but in fact, he treats it as history. He doesn't even flinch at the, uh, you know, acknowledgement that Jonah spent three days in the bile, belly of a fish. So I think it's pretty crucial for any Christian to take uh, the story of Jonah and acknowledge the fact that this is a real historical book. This isn't a parable. It's not a, uh, a story or analogy or anything like that. It's not just something to entertain us, but it is actual factual historical writings. And, and I think that adds validity to the overall scope of Scripture, especially as Jesus cites it and references multiple pieces. In fact, he really covers the whole landscape of the story, talking about the belly of the fish and then Jonah, or then Jonah going to Nineveh and Nineveh repenting. And he makes the assertion that those who repented from Nineveh uh, will be amongst the nations that condemn the evil and adulterous one that he's facing. So our next uh, challenge is the sign of Jonah, uh, as we had actually mentioned this in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 12. This is something that's uh, kind of difficult, uh, I think, a good challenge for readers. Uh, it's mentioned three times in the gospel, Matthew 12, 39, 16, 4, and Luke eleven twenty nine. The sign does not refer exclusively to Jonah's deliverance from the fish, which acts for which acts for Jonah's punishment and for his deliverance. When Jesus refers to the sign of Jonah, he meant the paradox that he would soon be under his father's judgment and his father's salvation. Based on Matthew 12:40, the parallels are these. One, Jonah's descent into Sheol at our Lord's uh, experience of death, and two, Jonah being driven away from Yahweh's presence, chapter 2 verse 4. And Jesus crying out on the cross when the Father abandoned him, Matthew 7, 27, 46. Jonah and Jesus had to go through judgment, condemnation, and death before they experienced new life. Quite fascinating in my opinion. And again, I think that adds uh, even more richness and depth to this particular book. Because it's not just, you know, again, it's not just something that we brush aside or it's a fun story to tell our kids. There, there's a lot of parallels, and we will we will see that uh, being demonstrated. And we've already talked about, you know, uh, the big the biggest parallel in my in my view. Not only do we see Jonah as a type of Jesus, but we see Nineveh as being a type of the Gentiles, who Paul would then become a missionary to. So the Ninevites, who did not deserve Jonah coming to them and commanding their repentance, and the king of Nineveh finally you know, turning and, and, and the, the town of Nineveh, be, you know, repenting. That is a type of Paul going into the world and preaching the gospel to the Gentiles who did not deserve it in the same landscape. They didn't deserve uh, what Jonah is doing or what Paul was doing in that sense too. And so just as much as the Ninevites and the Gentiles, both of them don't uh, deserve Jonah and Paul coming to them and, and, and preaching the gospel. 
So there's a lot of types that filter into this book. In fact, we'll see typology uh, really echoed all throughout um, the Old Testament. It's it's one that is uh, quite fascinating to uh, to try and unpack and uh, and 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 see how we can you know we shouldn't. I guess here we shouldn't say we we try to create something that's not there because that's obviously the the wrong way to use typology we can we can make minor types like this seems to be a type of and that's what i was doing with nineveh and the gentiles there's no explicit demonstration of nineveh being like the gentiles but we can see that there's correlation and parallels to it and 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 if there is something uh, uh, that's there then we can look at scripture and say oh that's a type of Right? We see Adam demonstrated by Paul in the letter to Romans in the fifth chapter uh, that Adam was a type of Jesus. And so we, we, we begin with the very first human being a type of something greater to come. And so we unpack that throughout the Old Testament and see, you know, uh, Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, all of these, David uh, becoming or pointing to the greater of them to come. And that is Jesus. He is the summary of all old Testament prophets, Kings, patriarchs, all of it. He is the summary and conclusion and ultimate fulfillment of every word spoken in the old Testament. All of it points to Christ. So as you read Jonah, reflect on God's promises for your life. Day by day, we make decisions and plan our future, but the prophet Jonah describes just how far the Almighty will go to fulfill his plans for us and through us. Turn to him in prayer, seeking his blessing as you pray. Remember that he is a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So a beautiful little uh, promise given to us that God will ultimately fulfill his plans. What are those plans? It is not always for... Uh, you know, for us to be prosperous and fruitful and, and to make, m- you know, millions of dollars. It, it could just simply be for us to have peace with our justification, for us to have peace knowing that our salvation is sealed. That is the ultimate plan that God is fulfilling among us, that we know him. And he does this by sending preachers to us. And in this time, he does this for the Ninevites by sending Jonah to them to preach That is the way that God has commanded the gospel to be spread around the world. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians, that uh, it is the the foolish measure of preaching by which man is saved. And then he expounds it deeper in Romans 10 on uh, faith coming by hearing the word. So let's do a quick outline. Again, we won't dig into the first chapter since we're at 30 minutes and I'm just babbling on. But I want to... Again, I think I might, I don't want to say milk this out a little bit, but I definitely want to spend a little time looking at Luther's lectures uh, as we reflect on some of the kind of maybe more challenging verses in this book, and that might give us five full episodes. So we've got uh, seven total scenes from this story. It really kind of uh, acts out, if you would, like a play, right? We have scene one, scene two, and uh, each time it's kind of the changing of directions for uh, Jonah. So scene one is the account of Jonah's call and his reaction. This is verses one through three in chapter one. 
And we have scene two on board the ship in the midst of the storm at the sea. That's verses four through 17. Scene three is inside the great fish, chapter two. Scene four is Yahweh gives Jonah his assignment a second time, the first three verses in chapter three. Uh, scene five is Jonah delivers the message and then Nineveh's response. This is verses four through 10. Uh, scene six is Jonah's prayer in Nineveh, one through three in chapter four. And scene seven, Jonah sits outside the city of Nineveh and Yahweh teaches a lesson on mercy. And that wraps up chapter four. So there's not a lot, uh, you know, there's not a lot of verses in this book. And so I think it might pay us well to maybe spend some time looking at Luther's lectures on it because it would help, again, add some some depth and richness to the story. So that's what we'll do next week. Um, we'll work on chapter one. We will see uh, Jonah being uh, on the ship uh, after he's given his command and he's essentially fleeing from uh, from God's command to go to Nineveh, and uh, and then in, and we'll see how he essentially gets swallowed up right at the end of chapter one. Um, and, and and so how we kind of frame this again, you know, I, I, I try to be cautious of of chapter and verse breakups because sometimes a carrying theme may may be broken or truncated. Uh, and that's why it helps us to set up these scenes so we can understand the story kind of flowing a little bit, you know, clearer because chapter one ends essentially with Yahweh providing a large fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then two carries on that theme that is started in verse 17 and it goes into, uh, this essential prayer that, uh, Jonah gives, uh, as he is being delivered from uh, essentially death and condemnation, as we talked about earlier. So that's going to wrap up today's show. Uh, we will dig into chapter one and uh, kind of work through some of that. And we'll look at Luther's lectures a little bit closer uh, in the coming uh, episodes. We'll spend a few weeks on this book. And then uh, I've got uh, Hebekiah coming your way. We will look at Micah and Zechariah and other uh minor prophets and a couple major prophets in there. We might survey Isaiah a little bit, not in, in fully in depth yet. Uh, we might look at Ezekiel a little bit or Elijah and Elisha. We'll look at a lot of those, I think, over the course of the next few months. So I'm very excited for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this quick little insight into the book of Jonah as we will begin to unpack uh, a little bit more in depth next week. Until then, check out the Tuesday episodes on the Lutheran Confessions as we continue to work through and expound the Lutheran theology in hopes that it explains it better than what mainstream ELCA garbage does. So until then, have a great week. God bless, and we'll see you all later.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.